This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's up, everybody? Week 15 is almost over. Man, what a week, dude. This is like, for all the weeks that, like, you know, when playoff, fantasy playoffs hit, the craziest shit happens. Yeah. And it happens every year. (laughs) Right, yeah. where there's always crazy storylines, crazy finishes of the games. You know, we have a f- really funny fantasy story <laughs> for you in, in one of our leagues uh, coming up at the end of the podcast. We'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, man, like a lot of bad beats that I've seen, a lot of insane finishes for some victories. I'm sorry, Zach. You know, and we didn't really <laughs> talk about this last week, but we were actually going up against each other in one of our leagues. Uh, right. the, the the community league over on Instagram, and yeah. uh, you know I snuck into the playoffs there, uh, because like I had enough points, so I was able to make it to that sixth spot. Right. You were the three spot. I was, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I am your de- I am your demise. Yeah, Does that make sense. Shout Once out again. Shout out my Cowboys offense for scoring me. I think five points total. <laughs> <laughs> across two players michael gallup and dalton schultz man ah, that was just tough i can't believe i lost that one i mean i don't think starting alan lazard or gabe davis over either of them would have made more sense so it's, you know it is what it is uh dalvin cook and Ramondre stevenson really just handed me that l this week <laughs> yeah you know and Ramondre really you know came through we'll talk more about that patriots game a little bit later but he definitely came through for me you know jonathan taylor getting hurt did not help in a couple leagues on right. Saturday. Um, but what we're going to do in this podcast, guys, we're going to review everything that happened in yesterday's games. We're going to assume that a lot of you guys made it to week 16 or at least, you know, need something tonight for you to be able to make it, you know, to week 16 to the semifinals of your of your championship run. Um, so we're going to go over, you know, like we normally do on Mondays, go over everything that happened uh, throughout, throughout the games on Saturday and Sunday. And hopefully we'll hit you with a little bit of insight to make your best decision, start set decision, pickups, all that moving forward. Um, tomorrow's our, our official wave of wire podcast for the week, but uh, today we're just going to kind of preview all that. Okay, so let's hit the Saturday games first. Um, yeah. First of all, great games. Yeah. Right. The Vikings, ridiculous comeback. The classic in Buffalo, right? That division game with the snow only coming down when it mattered later, right? In that game. Yeah. Um, 
but Jonathan Taylor has suffered what seems to be a high ankle sprain, you know, not a great start for a lot of people. Like I traded for JT in a couple of leagues, so that one hurt me a bit. Um, I still have a shot tonight if Christian Watson has a decent game, but there isn't any expectation to see Jonathan Taylor again this season. You know, I, I hate to say that. It, it's right. a shame because he had such a sweet, sweet playoff schedule, you know, coming up. Yeah, it, it really was looking good. And not just the playoff schedule that, you know, he has, but also the way he's been producing the past few weeks has just been, re- you know, really promising. He was finally finding his footing in the offense. Um, I can't believe the way that game ended. Um, I, I thought for sure this was over at halftime, but the Colts just stopped playing at halftime. Um, if Jonathan Taylor played, I think there might have been a different outcome. But for Jonathan Taylor, yeah, it's just bad luck. <laughs> you know, it looks like the backfield's going to beat Deion Jackson and Zach Moss. Um, and I know that you're a bigger fan of Zach Moss going forward with between these two? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he he ended up leading the backfield when it was all said and done. And, you know, especially in the second half, he kind of took over. The Colts just ran the ball in the second half. And I think that's what ended up losing the game for them. You know, they just didn't – they just ran the ball. You know, third down, they'll pass it, punt it. You know, and it, it wasn't yeah. – you know, that's not how you win a game. You know, I get it. You want to, you you know, milk the clock. But this is an explosive Vikings offense, obviously. You know, that, like mm-hmm. as what we saw, you know, you can't doubt these guys. And, you know, it's not like, they, you know, the Colts were like, this never happened before. No one has ever come back from this type of deficit. Well, it, it only takes one, right? It, it, it's going to happen. And it, that's, what, that's what happened in this game. Uh, yeah. But the rest of the way with JT out, you know, I'd probably pick up Zach Moss over Deion Jackson, you know, given that he was their guy, you know, for the most part. Uh, he also ran 14 routes to Jackson's nine routes. Uh, Zach Moss did play on third downs uh, with Jackson and they split goal line duties. Uh, this could be a 50 50 split, you know, moving forward. But, you know, if it's favored in one way, I would guess Zach Moss. Um, and with the Chargers on deck, like it's worth grabbing both of these guys at this point. Right. Yeah. That's what makes sense. I mean, if you had Jonathan Taylor, you got to cut your losses at this point, especially if you still manage to advance to the next round or you're trying to fight your way out of the toilet bowl. You know, you need to get yourself uh, some guys to, fill in that spot it looks like Zach Moss like you said looks like he's gonna be a pretty good option for you but Deion Jackson I wouldn't be surprised if we see him just kind of you know get a couple passes thrown his way and then he might end up out producing Zach Moss because even though Zach Moss looked good this game I mean the rest of the season even when he was on the bills you know he just wasn't very efficient at all so I I temper expectations with Zach Moss but I'd still expect him to be you know at least a solid fantasy contributor the rest of the way assuming Jonathan Taylor's out the rest of the season yeah no I'm with you man um you know it's it, I'm surprised that they used Zach Moss this much in this game, but you know he he was the guy they chose to be their closeout back, who didn't end up quite closing closing it, it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, J.K. Dobbins he had another 100 yard game. Uh, didn't score, but the dude has you know has two 120 yard rushing games over the past two weeks. I guess we you know we can't overlook that. Uh, just keep in mind that he didn't pass that 15 carry threshold yet. You know. 15 carries last week, 13 carries on Saturday. You know, still a back-end RB2 at best right now. Uh, good matchup, though, next week against Atlanta. And if Lamar is back, he would get an upgrade. Just don't expect him to get 20 carries. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I think for the rest of the season. That's going to be his problem the rest of the way. You know, obviously, Gus Edwards is in that backfield. He only had seven carries, but they're still not giving him a full workload. And I'd say it's justified. I mean, we saw the heavy leg syndrome come through again. You know, on that one run, he was looked like he was going to break it away or have a chance to break it away, and he just couldn't separate. He's still not 100%, and that's just going to kind of hold him back the rest of the way, but he has looked good. You know, he's 
probably really the only thing that's working right now on this offense. I mean, they only put up three points. You could hardly say anything's working, but he had a hundred yard day. So you could probably start him pretty confidently as, you know, a low end RB two high end RB three, maybe with a little bit of upside. If he could get in the end zone, we saw that last week, but um, it seems like his volume is going to be enough that he can contribute on a week to week basis. Would you be okay? Like plugging JK Dobbins in, in place of Jonathan Taylor next week, if you have him? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I mean, if I had J.K. Dobbins on the bench and then JT got hurt, like I would consider that a blessing. Like, okay, I can I have somebody who I can start, you know, especially if Lamar's back in a decent matchup, who could easily find his way in the end zone. 15 carries, I'll take it. I'll take it all yeah. day. Can we talk about Mark Andrews for a second, though? Yeah. Like we, we've been <laughs> ranking him as a top two tight end since you know all 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 year long, pretty much. Um, and since week six, he has not been a top two tight end. Since yeah. then, he has he hasn't finished in the top five one time, and he's had four performances outside the top twenty-two, right? And of course, he's going to have a great matchup against Atlanta at home next week, um, you know. But guess we have to live and die with Mark Andrews if you have him, you know, going forward. It's like, you know, if he had a tough matchup this upcoming week, like I would consider benching him, yeah, you know, for a few other tight ends because. He's simply not getting it done. Like if you streamed tight ends, it's possible that you have had a a bigger output, you know, over the past several weeks, you know, over Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, you've been, you have been living and dying. You've been dying by Mark Andrews these past few weeks. You were living at the beginning of the season by him. You're dying by him now these past few weeks. And I think we might have to move him out of the two spot. It's been automatic. We've been putting him there because we know what he can be. And we've seen him do it with both Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. We thought maybe Tyler Huntley coming in would maybe increase his workload a little bit. You know, maybe we'd see him perform a little bit better because he was going through a bit of a dry spell following like that week week six performance where he finished as a tight end too. After that, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's tended to get away from him. But now Tyler Huntley's in, you know, he hasn't looked the same. Um, I think there are other tight ends at this point that you could get away with starting. Travis Kelsey stands alone as the only tight end that you can really rely on every week now at this point. I mean, Mark Andrews, we know he's talented. He's just not getting the production that he had before. And I would just, like you said, consider starting someone else over him that has a little bit more momentum at this point, Has uh, that's on a little bit more of a hot streak. You have to ride the hot hand. Um, guys like Evan Ingram pop into mind. He didn't have a humongous day, but you know, I think I'd be more confident starting him. I mean, even though they have yeah. a tough matchup against the Jets, uh, it seems like Trevor yeah. Lawrence is on another level. He's getting the ball to him pretty well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is definitely on another level. He's getting it done for sure. Um but you know this this Miami Buffalo game, you know it was a it was a really good game, man. Like it was back yeah. and forth. Um, you know it wasn't snowing, you know until late in that game, so there was plenty of opportunity for Tua and, and company to do their thing. Waddle ended up catching only three balls, had a very long touchdown on seven targets. Uh, Tyreek had thirteen targets, he got it done. But Josh Allen, man, it's like he's born for these games. Three hundred yeah. yards and four touchdowns. Um, he he got it done in a big way. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, that's what we've come to expect from him. And all of the guys that we thought would produce, you know, produced, or they outproduced what we expected. Like Jalen Waddle, I know we had him ranked pretty low this week. Um, I think that was warranted. Like we said, the lake effect snow really clouded our judgment a little bit on that one because it, it looked like it was going to be bad. Did you see the pictures that they put out at like 7.30 in the morning the day of? I thought yeah. it was going to be like a snowball. And then the game yep. came on and there was no snow. I was like... Where's the snow? And that's what everyone else was thinking too. Um, but you're right. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like he only caught three passes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like 
you know, he, he, he was getting targeted a ton, you know, uh, so seven targets, you know, right. nothing too crazy. So he, we always knew he had that ability, right? Like he could mm-hmm. take it, you know, to the house at any point. Um, but yeah, no, he ended up scoring. So if he ended up starting him, you know, which in most cases you probably did, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he did come through. That's all he needs though. That Jalen Waddle, you know, the type of threat that he is, he only needs seven targets. He can take one to the house, even two to the house on seven targets. But like I said, once the snow started coming down, my prediction kind of came through. We saw the offense. It just, the Dolphins started to flop around in the snow. <laughs> they couldn't get anything done after that. So it was interesting. I, I was glad actually that it didn't start snowing till late because then it actually made a competitive game. I think if it snowed all game, it would have just been a blowout. Yeah. It was kind of cool though with the snow coming down when it mattered. Yeah. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a great ending uh, to that game. Uh, who, who was it that caught the ball? It was McKenzie, right? Who caught the ball at the ten yard line, like at the end of that game? Yeah, I think it was. And, I think it was. You know, at, and at that point, like that's when the snow was really coming down. So it, yeah. it was, it was, it was fun to watch. Uh, and the Bills' backfield, you know, it's kind of bad to what it was before. You know, with Singletary leading it. You know, James Cook was behind him. Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines had that one touch. It was that you know touchdown in the, in the red zone. Um, but it, it looks like that James Cook game that we had a few weeks ago that was just a blip on the radar. Yeah, and that's what it's looking like. And did we really trust the Bills' backfield? You know, at this point, we told you to pick up James Cook on the waiver wire just in case. You know, it wasn't a blip on the radar. Um, right. But I wasn't expecting anybody to have an incredibly high ceiling in this backfield anyway. And it looks like the workload is now readjusted back to the levels that it was at before, where it's just kind of kind of be a barren wasteland. You know, in the Bills' backfield, unless somebody gets the majority of the carries. I don't see that happening moving forward. The Bills tried to justify their trade for Naeem Hines. By giving him one touch and a touchdown, uh, that's about my takeaway from the backfield here at this point. Nothing new. I wouldn't be starting any of these guys, really, except for maybe Devin Singletary. And that would be a desperate play for me at running back. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, Stephon Diggs didn't have a big game, but nothing to worry about there. Just just, just move forward and keep starting him, obviously. Um, yeah. The Lions backfield, you know, that was a three-way split also, right, in terms yeah, of snaps. Uh, you know, Justin Jackson still had seven opportunities. DeAndre Swift had 16 opportunities. That led the backfield, so that's good. That's what you want to see. He also led in snaps, but barely. Um, so he kind of remains that upside flex play moving forward. Um, now, in, in terms of what how it affects Jamal Williams, like it's worth noting that in the two games recently where Swift, you know, got more work than anticipated, which was weeks 13 and this past week, week 15, um, Jamal Williams had a very low touch number. And very low snap count. So with Swift healthy, and you know when he's getting touches, and when he's when they the coaches have decided that they want to involve him and be their main running back, um, it does hurt Jamal a little bit, and you have to downgrade him a little bit. You know, especially if they're going to give Justin Jackson carries near the goal line like they did <laughs> yesterday. Like it didn't work, yeah. but like he still for some reason in a very important you know snap you know early in that game. Um, they gave it to him for whatever reasons. I'm sure Jamal would have scored. Actually, Jamal could have scored, right? Uh, yeah. But it ended up being a penalty, and they brought it back. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you're playing Jamal Williams for that touchdown upside. But you know, 15 carries on top of that definitely, you know, kind of helps too. But don't I wouldn't expect that. Uh, you know, if DeAndre Swift is going to get his touches, the good yeah. thing is this. Well, I don't know if it's a good thing, but you don't even know. We don't know. We don't know what, what DeAndre Swift's role is going to be like next week. Who knows? Yeah. No idea. Right? <laughs> so, like, you know, it could go up back and forth. Uh, but, yeah, he's just an upside flex play to me. You know, maybe I might rank him as, like, a low-end RB2 just because of his upside next week. But, yeah, that's kind of how I'm treating him moving forward. There is no certainty here. But at least you know that there's a possibility 
that Swift, you know, could get some work. Yeah, it's it's just been a crapshoot in Detroit's backfield this whole season. And I wasn't expecting this at all. But DeAndre Swift, if you had him in your flex, he got it done for you. This is the type of solid performance, you know, you got it done for it. This is if he gives you 12 and a half points at your flex are fine. You're expecting less. He got you more. That's fine. 12 and a half points. But Jamal Williams, for me, he's on a cold streak right now. He hasn't had over 40 yards in a game rushing for the past three weeks. Um, that touchdown upside, he had one touchdown three weeks ago, and then he hasn't had touchdown since. So I would say that at this point, if you're starting him for that touchdown upside, um, there's not much else, you know, attractive there. I'm not, you wouldn't start Justin Jackson, obviously. I don't know why he's getting goal line carries when you have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Now Jamal Williams is getting, um, he, he's in some hot water because of Justin Jackson. Makes no sense to me, but um, with Jamal Williams, I think his upside has kind of, you know, kind of bottomed out, if that makes sense. Up has bottomed yeah. out. But uh, he, he's he's a pure touchdown play at this point because 33 yards on the ground is not going to get it done on 13 carries. No, not at all. And, you know, just looking at what he has next week, Carolina, you know, is a game where, you know, Najee Harris is able to do his thing. Uh, wasn't necessarily efficient, but he was able to get some, uh, you know, some solid volume on the ground. And I think Jamal Williams has a chance of doing that next week. So, yeah. you know, I think Jamal's still like a low-end RB2. Uh, but and obviously he, you need that touchdown for him. It is possible that they end up, you know, he ends up getting 15 or more carries next week against Carolina. It's very right. possible. Terrible game for Zonovan Knight. You know, 13 carries for 23 yards. You know, this was a tough matchup coming in. Uh, you know, but he didn't get any of the targets that Mike White was giving him. You know, Zach Wilson had one total target to his running backs, and it went to Michael Carter, right? And he yeah. didn't get into the end zone either. So obviously, very bad game. Right. And if Zach Wilson is starting this Thursday night against the Jaguars, which seems to be the case, uh, you know, <laughs> we have the downgrade night, you know, if he's not going to get used in the past game. Obviously, this is a, a better matchup for him. You know, Zeke and, you know, Zeke and um, Tony Pollard weren't necessarily too efficient either against the Jaguars in this game. So, you know, keep that in mind. But, you know, Zonovan Knight had him at a, as a solid RB2 going into this week. And I think he might move down closer to that, you know, RB24, low end RB2 range uh, for me, you know, going into week 16. Right. I mean, Zonovan Knight, we were calling for him to get, you know, the, his his production was going to come from that pass work that he was getting. And he didn't get that at all. And 13 carries for 23 yards, that's a really abysmal, you know, efficiency, uh, you know, on the ground. The offense wasn't moving the ball at all, really, with Zach Wilson. I wasn't surprised to see that. Um, I don't want to crap all over your Jets, but they just didn't look good against the Lions. And I think it makes sense. The Lions have been playing better. But um, I would say, yeah, if Dallas's offense doesn't get it done, they didn't get it done against uh, the Jaguars this week, maybe I would consider, you know, leaving Zonovan Knight out of that mid-RB2 territory. I think low-end RB2 might be better. Maybe right there with DeAndre Swift, like we just talked about, you know, in terms of their their rankings this week, because he didn't get any of that workload. I think he still has the upside and the talent. The Jets didn't do a whole lot of scoring this week, so he did definitely suffer from that. He didn't have any type of touchdowns. Uh, I think that until he gets that receiving work back, um, he's going to be a low-end RB2 play. Um, maybe even worse. We'll have to see how it goes. But Michael Carter, I'm not expecting Michael Carter to continue to outproduce him. We saw Zaman Knight got plenty more touches. Uh, he got that one target. But this, the takeaway here is that Zach Wilson doesn't throw it to the running backs, and that's going to hamper his upside significantly moving forward. Yeah, and you know we just talked about a few low end run to low end running back twos, right? We talked about Swift, talking about yep. uh, Jamal Williams and Zonovan Knight. So Singletary the order, which I'm probably yep. start, Singletary. Well, Singletary is not even an RB two to me, but like, you know, these three guys, like I'm probably going to start Swift, Jamal Williams, and then Zonovan Knight in that order yeah. next week. 
Right. That's kind of how I would play it. AJ Brown, man, what a game. Nine catches for 181 yards on 16 targets. Uh, Devontae Smith, five for 126 on eight targets. The Eagles attacked through the air. Not something that I expected, right? right. Like they, could, they couldn't get a whole lot going on the ground with Miles Sanders. Uh, pretty disappointing game for Miles Sanders as a whole. Um, they didn't give him a touch in the first quarter in those two drives that they had, um, which was kind of disappointing. You're like, all right, well, this is one of the worst rush, Russian defenses. You know, maybe win this game, you know, on the ground. But like, nope. That's not what they did. Um, and it's interesting because, like, literally Sirianni was one of those coaches that you can kind of predict how they were going to attack, attack a, a specific team. Like, if they're really, really bad on the ground, attack them to the ground. If they're really, really bad to the air, you attack them to the air. That's what he's been doing. So it's like coming into this game, this was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, but, yeah, like, I guess Miles Sanders was right that this is why we shouldn't have drafted him because it, <laughs> he might have cost some people the semifinals appearance you know, with only 11 carries, 42 yards, that fumble didn't help at all. Uh, that 13-yard loss, you know, on that catch yeah. didn't help at all. Uh, but the weirdest thing, you know, was him not getting that touch in the first quarter. I think that kind of, you know, didn't just didn't build that momentum that I think he would have needed for this matchup. Uh, so that was a little bit weird to me. But yeah. real quick about the wide receivers, too. Like 65% of the targets went to either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. So you got to love that, you know. And and Dallas Goddard, like when that target distribution is super tight like that, like it's it's the best. Yeah. Uh, but Dallas Goddard, he's coming back next week. Uh, you know, that he'll likely mess with that just a little bit. Uh, but that that's really what you want to see, man. Like just in general, you want your studs to get those targets at that rate. And that's what we saw. Um, yeah. But Hertz didn't throw any passing touchdowns in this game, but <laughs> he ended up scoring three on the ground. Uh, yeah. So he, he got it done for you in a big way, man. Like just 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 what are your thoughts on this Eagles offense? It was one of the weirdest fantasy performances i think of the season in terms of the offense they only scored 25 points and if you watch the game it felt really low scoring for most of the game you know it, the, the receivers were catching a bunch of passes but they weren't capitalizing we saw aj brown had 181 yards receiving same with Devonte smith 126 yards receiving they attacked through the air and jalen hurts had three touchdowns on the ground it's like man what the heck it, none of it made sense but it was okay because you know all the guys besides miles sanders that you expected to produce did produce Think about if one of those rushing touchdowns was thrown to AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. You know, this it could have been bigger games for them. So their ceilings are incredibly high. This Eagles offense is just fantastic. They're going up against the Cowboys next week, which just gave up 40 to the Jaguars. I, I think this could be another big game for them next week. Jalen Hurts has been getting it done for you regardless, though. He looks super, super good um, in terms of fantasy performance and just in general. Uh, AJ Brown. He looked good. Devontae Smith, he's quietly put together some really good performances these last few weeks. He's had eight targets each of the last three weeks, at least eight targets each of the last six weeks as well. Um, five, Exactly five catches in all of those, two touchdowns, very similar production in all of them, 21-17-17. Has he entered maybe low-end wide receiver two territory with the way this Eagles offense is playing? I, I think maybe. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Where did I, have him, where did I have him ranked this week? I think I had him ranked around there, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong though. I, I have to check, and I'm checking yeah. right now. I'm checking right. Now. I'm 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 just really curious I think because he, he might have either there. He might have been right there. He might have been borderline. I don't think he was like thirty, but I don't think he was. He was twenty. Either. He was twenty three. He was yeah, twenty three. Okay. So yeah, do you think he's more? So he was a low end. He was a low end wide receiver too for me. Uh, right. coming into this week. Yeah, I, I think he could be. He's safely in that ter ter territory with the wide receiver two. I, I think so. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, he had that good matchup too on that right side in that slot, which is, which is what what, what you want to see, man. Take advantage of those good matchups. So that yep. you know, that's if you have him, you know, keep starting him. He's going to be up and down. There's no doubt about it. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you kind of you, you have to live and die like with these you know volatile receivers. It happens all the time. The volatile receivers the on a good offense, you can get away with that. You you have to at this yeah. point. You you got to play to win. Um, uh, you know it's funny. A lot of people were legit wondering whether they should start Justin Fields. Like I got a lot of pushback on starting Justin Fields this week. And you yeah. know, I had him ranked as a top five quarterback this week. And like, you know, the answer was yes. You know, it's <laughs> why this is why you were still starting him. You know, two passing touchdowns, uh, ninety five yards on the ground on fifteen carries. So he's back. Uh, he had no right. Mooney. He had no Claypool. St. Brown got hurt on the first drive, uh, got a concussion. You know, it didn't matter, though. Justin Fields is back. Yeah, and he was doing it all himself, pretty much. Did you see that one scramble that he had? I, I forget. He did end up stepping out of bounds, but he made it to the end zone. They ruled it a touchdown originally. They obviously called it back. But he just looks ridiculous. The His rushing ability, he hit 1,000 yards on the season in this game. He was pretty much all the offense outside David Montgomery. It was him and David Montgomery doing pretty much everything in this game. David Montgomery had a good game, too. We could talk about that. But Justin Fields, it doesn't seem like the matchup matters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody can really contain him right now just because he's so fast and athletic. You know, the way that he can attack you, he's running from inside the pocket. He's running on design runs. He's scrambling outside the pocket, going down the sideline, beating guys at the corner. Nobody can contain his rushing ability, and that is, you know, fantastic from a fantasy perspective. That's all you really need from a quarterback for him to have a good game. Um, add the two touchdowns in the air. He was relatively efficient. And they were striking distance within this game, too. He kept it competitive. So the Bears are going to continue to be this type of team. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to stay in games, and that's going to bode well for Justin Fields' prospects moving forward as well. So there's no reason to think that you shouldn't start him in any given week. He's going to be top five pretty much, I think, every week. Top th- He could be top three, too, depending on the matchup. This was a tough one, and he got it done. Yeah, I mean, he has Buffalo next week, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to start him again, and he has Detroit yeah. the following week after that, so you gotta, I'm going to start him again. So, yeah, he's going to remain a top five, top six quarterback the rest of the way, for sure. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Desmond Ritter, not great. No. First start, you know, maybe he'll get better. But hey, 11 targets to Drake London. Huh? <laughs> Seven for 70. He's back in the fold. 42% target share. Hello, this is what we needed. So I'm going to yep. give the ball to Drake London. Remember, he's a good player. Um, but it was all about the running backs for the Falcons, you know, particularly Tyler Algier, who might have taken a bit of a lead here in this backfield, given his performance. 17 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cordero also ended up scoring. Uh, they basically shared snaps 50-50. Uh, you know, that's a good sign for Algier, though. You know, Algier also saw all uh, non-goal line short yardage snaps. Uh, they also shared goal line snaps 50-50. Uh, so Algiers available in a lot of waiver wires, you know, so keep an yeah. eye on him. You know, he was kind of getting that, you know, eight carries, nine carries, 10 carries, you know, so like, you know, it wasn't so attractive, um, but, you know, he's somebody that probably should be rostered. You know, don't be surprised if next week, you know, he ends up getting like, you know, eight carries, you know, it, it all depends on how much the Falcons can run the ball. And we know they want to run the ball. It's a matter of like, 
you know, can they, right? Yeah. Because it's it all depends on the game script, right? If they go down, it'll be hard for them to do it. Now, they have Baltimore next week, which means that they probably can, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they have Arizona in week 17, which is a great matchup for running backs and no Kyler Murray, so they probably aren't scoring a whole lot. So these right. are two matchups where Algier can potentially rack up some value, uh, some volume. And that's a good point. You know, you talk about the game script and the way that they were running it. I mean, the Falcons went down this game early too. It was 14 nothing, and they still leaned on him. So that's also encouraging. So they, they might not go right away from it. It might not be entirely game script dependent. The other thing that I think he has working for him is that the Falcons might be leaning into the a youth movement kind of right now at the end of the season. Um, even though they might, you know, be participating, they might be contending for a playoff spot. Um, I think they want to see what they have in Desmond Ritter, guys like Tyler Algier, all guys that they drafted this season, Drake London, you know, the youth movement continues. Drake London was the only receiver that got a target, not, uh, got a catch, you know, this game. Demir Bird had no catches. Olamide Zacchaeus had no catches. It was pretty hilarious the way that the targets were distributed, like we said. We were calling for maybe Drake London to get a few more targets this game. Well, he got them, and he was the only receiver that registered a catch. And Tyler Algier looked good. I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue, like you said. He looked very good. He had over, over 130 yards on the ground. I, I think this, this is going to continue, especially with Desmond Ritter. You know, he's a young quarterback. and going to take the pressure off him. They'll lean heavy into the run game as well. So I think Tyler Algier, if any of these guys, is maybe the best bet. Drake London has a brighter outlook than he had definitely coming into this week because it looks like Desmond Ritter is going to be targeting him um, week in and week out. Juwan Johnson, he saved my day yesterday. Yeah. This was, this was the one time a last-minute decision saved my day. Right. Like I was between Tyler Conklin, Hunter Henry, and Juwan Johnson. Like those are my three options. I had them all because I didn't know who to start. And, you know, Conklin and Henry ended up shitting the bed, you know, but all three had good matchups coming into the week. Right. And Juwan, you know, he's coming off a week where he was limited in practice all week. Troutman was banged up, but he was active in this game. So, you know, last minute, it was like 15 minutes, you know, before the game started. I just went with Juwan. And he ended up scoring two touchdowns, you know, in his last six healthy games where he didn't leave the game, he scored seven touchdowns. So, you know, probably should be starting moving forward, you know, as a low end tight end one, you know, this performance actually vaulted him all the way up to the overall tight end nine on the year. <laughs> that just speaks to the parody that's been at the tight end position. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. But Jawan Johnson, when a guy has that many touchdowns over that many weeks, you know, it's been pretty consistent. It looks like I'm not surprised that you put him in. But I'm interested. Were you kicking yourself at all when you saw Taysom Hill have that first long touchdown pass? Like, I know he's a tight end technically, but, you know, did it look like maybe it was going to be a bad day? Yeah, for you know, well, you know, what's funny because, like, I looked away from – because I was also – this is a super flex league. I was yeah. also starting Andy Dalton. So every time Juwan scored, you know, Andy Dalton got – so I got double points. Right. I, was, I, was du- I was double dipping a little bit. So that, that, that was great. So I looked away and I turned back to the TV and all I see is the ball – Going super long, long ball to um, uh, Rashid Shahid, right? Catching up. I'm like, oh, let's go. And then, like, the camera like tilts, and, and I see that Hill. it wasn't. <laughs> there was Taysom Hill <laughs> who threw the ball. I was like, oh, God. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it was all good. Like, you know, Taysom Hill is going to do that, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad I started Juwan. Like, that helped me. Now, all I need is Christian Watson to score what? I need like 10 points out of him tonight or 12 points out of him tonight. I think, you know, he can get it done, you know, hopefully like he, he's, yeah. he, he's been showing that ceiling. So hopefully, you know, in a decent matchup, I think it's a decent matchup tonight. You know, he can potentially get it, get it done for me. I lost to Lawrence. Lord don't lose. 
last week, I still ended up sneaking into the playoffs. But I'm playing him again this week because I'm the sixth seed. He's the three seed. Right. So we're gonna I'm, if I if I can you know if I can get this win, I'll be on my way to the semifinals. Yeah, uh, I'm rooting for you because I don't have anything to root for at that point. That's I really think- nice for you. that's really nice of you, man. Because you know we talked about this yesterday over text. You know that you know last week you know going getting into the playoffs in this particular league that we're talking about. Yeah, you know it, it's like we. Uh, I think I got into the playoffs because I had more points than you. Yeah, right? that's what it was. It, it was like came the down sixth and seventh seed. to one of those tiebreakers. That's what it was. And granted, the points force, you know, it, it's not really a bad tiebreaker. There there have been worse tiebreakers, I'm sure. But um, I, I was a little bit salty about that because I think you had a worse record to, than me up until then. Um, we ended up having oh, yeah. the same record, but you had, you know, more points. So that's fine. It's okay. I'm rooting for, you know, upper hand family. We're rooting for each other. <laughs> it's cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, and my team, thank God I didn't make the playoffs. I still wouldn't have won. Even if I made it, my team did terrible this week. So it, it happens. Devontae Adams, he's been on a cold stretch. You know, after that hot streak, it's been cold. Yeah, man. Um, that that That's definitely – Devontae Adams definitely disappointing, you know, for yeah. sure. Um, so, you know, it, this this performance by Juwan, I guess, came at the expense of Chris Olave, right, who had a very disappointing day. Yeah. You know, catching only three balls for 53 yards on four targets. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, he did look a lot better this week. Uh, in a good matchup, 21 carries for 91 yards, uh, 23 total touches, but only 43% route participation, man. David Johnson ran one more route than him. You know, Ugh. that just sucks, dude. Like, it sucks <laughs> a lot. He yeah. gets the Browns next week, so, you know, good matchup on the ground. I think he's still like a mid-RB2-ish, you know, for now, you know, given what I just mentioned. And the fact that he was only on the field for 62% of snaps, you know, and it's like, dude, it's David Johnson. Like, come on. Like, do we really have to be sharing snaps with David Johnson here? Right. You know, first of all, <laughs> w- was there any reason to share snaps with Mark Ingram? No. So yeah. it just seems like they want to limit Alvin Kamara for whatever reason, you know, maybe because they know they're not going anywhere. But even though they, they, they had a chance, they're, but yeah, they're a game out of a playoff uh, spot. What are you doing? Yeah, not I, giving I, the ball to Alvin Kamara? Like, it makes I, sense. I don't know, man. David it Johnson doesn't. hasn't been relevant since his Cardinals days. It's like they're just finding reasons not to give him the ball. <laughs> it makes no sense. And Chris Olave, like you said, you know, Rashid Shahid is killing him a little bit. Um, I'm not sure how much I trust Chris Olave anymore. <laughs> you know, this offense yeah. I don't think is good enough. Andy Dalton, obviously, you know, he had an all right day. Taysom Hill was also throwing that, like he said, that dime touchdown to Rashid Shahid. But I'm not sure how much I trust Chris Olave anymore in this offense this season. Um, they're going to have to change at quarterback, I think, for me to trust him. And that's not going to happen the rest of the season. So I think Chris Olave I might be leaving him out of the top 24. Me personally, because uh, the upside wow. has not been there, and the consist the consistency hasn't been there either. Wow, I think Olave is definitely going to be in my top twenty four, but okay. he's not going to be that mid wide receiver two that I started him at as this week. Um, it, it was definitely a rough matchup. Only four targets. That's not what you want to see yeah. moving forward. Um, I, I mentioned liking Deontay Johnson a little bit more this week because Mr. Bisky, you know, was to get the start, you know, and, you know, we just, I just wasn't sure if he was actually going to play, you know, the whole game, right? That was my concern. Like, were they going to bring in Mason Rudolph? You know, who knew? Uh, but he ended up playing the whole game and then Deontay Johnson ended up catching all 10 of his targets for 98 yards. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was like a, like when, when a, when a quarterback who knows how to get the ball to, to Deontay Johnson does it, Deontay Johnson is going to do his thing. But, my assumption is that Kenny Pickett will be back next week. Um, you know, something to note, given these wide receivers, you know, have a good matchup against the Raiders. 
So, yeah. you know, if just, if, just if, if Pickett's yeah. back, if Pickett's back, whatever. I, I don't really care about starting any of these wide receivers, you know, to be honest right. with you. That's true. Like, as bad as, you know, Mitch Trubisky has looked, <laughs> he hasn't been perfect. Um, he does make Deontay Johnson relevant. So I think yeah. if uh, – would you want to see him over Kenny Pickett the rest of the season? I Just would from because – fantasy perspective, I think so. Yeah, because what is Kenny Pickett doing for us from a fantasy perspective? Nothing. Like, he's who ga- is he making relevant? He's game managing. <laughs> he's, making, he's making everyone irrelevant. Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, yeah, and Pat Firemuth was completely irrelevant. I think he had no catches. Yeah, he bottomed out. That was a donut. He bottomed completely out. It was bad. <laughs> we saw it coming. I, yeah. I mean, he's been on a downward trend these past few weeks. And he was kind of producing despite it. You know, did, he had a touchdown last week on three catches. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> it looked like he might be all right. But, you know, you look at the underlying metrics like you outlined, you know, last week on the podcast. And this just was, like I said, that this is rock bottom. For Pat Frymuth. I'm not sure how much more we're going to see from him this season. Um, I don't like his upside, really. He's now, he's a streamer, streamer. You know, there's not much hope for him as far as being a weekly contributor on a consistent basis. The Panthers couldn't find a way to run the ball against the Steelers, man. It was no. a brutal performance. You know, 10 carries for nine yards for Deontay Foreman. You know, I don't know what the hell happened there. Chuba Harbour didn't do much better. Uh, but he saved his day because he's very involved in the passing game. Um, you know, it's worth picking up Hubbard. You know, if he's available on your waiver wire, just want to let you guys know about that. Make sure. But let's let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Okay, the late yeah. season breakout from Trevor Lawrence right now. Uh, threw for three hundred yards and four touchdowns against a tough Dallas defense. He now has eleven touchdowns in the last four games since his bye week. Uh, three of the four touchdowns he threw went to Zay Jones who finally is putting it all together since the bye, right? Yep. Three spectacular games over the last four. He put up 109 yards in, the t- in three touchdowns yesterday. Unfortunately, he gets the Jets next week, so we got to temper expectations there or or just not start him. You know, we recommended benching DJ Shark against the Jets, and I definitely won't be recommending a whole lot of Zay Jones next week. But besides that, wow, like what a game. You know, hopefully you were in a pinch this week. You know, because that's the only way you're really starting Zay Jones, right? Like, yeah. if you weren't in a pinch, you probably weren't starting him. If you had, like, quote-unquote studs, you probably weren't starting him. But, uh, you know, three of the last four, I guess Zay Jones is a stud now? I don't know. Um, Maybe. League winner? Know, it's funny. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. It's funny. You know, I really like Zay all year, right? Like, yeah. we talked about him so many times, and I kind of just gave up on him because he wasn't putting it together. Like, all of the underlying metrics were there. Right. And it was just like it wasn't happening for him. Like and then random randomly in a good matchup, he'll like catch four or four targets. And I'm like, dude, you had it. Come on. You know? Yeah. Uh, but now he's finally putting it together. So it's all coming in bunches for Zay Jones at this point. Yeah. I, we had him a couple times, you know, on our start sit posts. We had him as like desperate starts. And, you know, you talk about him, you know, yeah. had being a pinch to start him. Do you have to be in a pinch right. to start him? I, I know next week, the United the Jets, and I, we're not going to be recommending him, like you said. Um, so that's tough. I'm not expecting this to kind of, you know, continue next week, but it looks like he's going to be all right. Maybe I, yeah. I don't want to start projecting next season, you know, because it's there's only one more week in a championship after that. But for me, the Trevor Lawrence performance against the Cowboys defense, like, man, did he look good or what? Like, man, yeah. I could believe it. And he had a quiet first half. This could have been a bigger day. I think he had, what, he had three touchdowns in the second half. Like, Trevor yeah. Lawrence has arrived. I mean, it's it's a fact now. You know, that's where he's at. And I said last week on the podcast that this was going to be the measuring stick game. And this was going to tell me, you know, is he going to be, you know, maybe one of the higher-end quarterbacks for me next season? 
looking like it. I mean, unless he yeah. does some mass massive collapse at the end of the season, you know, I might be looking at him as a top twelve option next season. Top top hundred percent. You know, every year there's always that quarterback who kind of you're like, all right, well, who is going to jump into that upper echelon, right? right? It was Joe Burrow, right? Last, last year. Season. Yep. You know, it, well, yeah, going into last season, right, and then coming going into this season, the fantasy who was a fantasy star, Jalen Hurts, right, mm-hmm. entering that stratosphere. Um, you know, and then next year, it's all it's going to be about Trevor Lawrence, man. You know, yeah. and the best thing about Trevor Lawrence too, he has that sneak, sneaky rushing ability too. Yeah, and right, which is great. That's what you want to see. I mean, <laughs> not he in has this it game. on that phone, uh, but he has he has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He has that's it though. Fun. He has it in him. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's great. I'm really, I'm really excited to see this because you know he was somebody who you know was coming into the league. He had a terrible start to the to start to his career, but I'm glad, and because obviously because of the head coaching situation. But obviously, you know, moving forward, you know, he's kind. Of, they kind of revived him. You know, Doug Peterson was there to revive him, and at least his career is not going down the toilet. Yeah, not 100. percent It's good to see that he's actually doing well. Of course, it comes against my Cowboys, but it's okay. You know, you can't win them all. Uh, the game plan for Dallas was not good in that game. But Trevor Lawrence, you know, the main takeaway. Everyone on the Cowboys that you expect to get it done got it done. Um, but in this game, you know, Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence was a story. Travis Etienne had his first, you know, all right game in a while too. So yeah. he had 100 yards on the ground. He got it done for you where he wasn't before. So if you started him, he, he wasn't, you know, just a bomb on your roster. Yeah, he did have that fumble, though, which wasn't good. Uh, he yeah. did leave the game in the fourth quarter uh, with an ankle injury. He did come back in overtime, but they only had a couple snaps in overtime. So it's something to monitor. Um, I think it's worth picking up Jermichael Hasty just in case. Right. Um, and then you, and Christian Kurt, he was fine. But Evan Ingram had another very solid game uh, in a tough matchup for you know for him right like dallas has been really good against tight ends this year but eight yep. for 62 on 10 targets it looks like trevor lawrence is just elevating everybody around him right now yeah and i think evan ingram i'm not gonna call him you know we're not gonna replace mark andrews that with mark andrews with evan ingram i don't think but is, could he be like a top six option you know i mean he, I'm, I'm they are playing the him, jets but yeah i'm gonna start him over mark andrews next week i feel like you have to the way even, that even he, against, he, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah, he did uh, it against I, the Cowboys. Right, that that's fair. And I don't want to hold my Cowboys the bar that high because they just let up 40 points. But they have been a tough matchup for tight ends all season. So Trevor Lawrence, the way he's playing, I mean, look at the way Trevor Lawrence is playing compared to any Ravens quarterback this season. Trevor Lawrence at right now is outplaying Lamar, um, even since you know week three because the first two weeks of Lamar, of Lamar were fantastic, but since then, uh, he hasn't had production like Trevor Lawrence is having right now. So I think you look at the quarterback situation alone, and that gives me hope for Evan Ingram over Mark Andrews heading into next week. Ramondre Stevenson, you know, ended up playing on a bum ankle, you know, after getting only one limited practice in. You know, he got done in a big way. Uh, yeah. This time on the ground, 19 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he continues to do his thing, and it was a big sigh of relief to anyone who made it past last week, right, that you'll have him the rest of the way. Like, you thought that maybe, you know, he was done. For the rest of the fantasy playoffs and if you made it through to you know this week the first week of the fantasy playoffs man like what a nice little present that you were gifted right on saturday with like him yeah. being questionable and on friday getting that limited practice and then damon harris being out like it just worked out and he ended up having a big game um don't be surprised if Ramondre is limited in practice all week though uh leading up to week 16 
Yeah, and it's funny. We're having a completely different conversation. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, I don't think this type of performance was on my radar at all. We were talking about Damien Harris being a start, maybe. And, you know, is Pierre Strong uh, worth a start? You know, as a pass catching back, he has that opportunity. And Ramondre Stevenson, you're right, he came through, you know, especially if you weren't expecting him to have him. And he didn't just come through and it's like, oh, he had 13 points. You know, he had a solid 80-yard rushing day. No, he had 170, 172 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Um, that reception at the end, too. Was it, was it? No, they handed it off on that last play um, that we're going to talk about soon. But um, he got it done. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you can expect more of the same. It looks like as long as he plays, you know, he's going to be worth the start. Don't worry about him being limited because he was limited all week. Came in, like you said, on that bum ankle. This is the type of performance you get. I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, he actually didn't get the start in this game, uh, but it didn't matter. It seems like, right. you know, as the game went on, they were like, all right, well, he's good. And the, and the you know, all the adrenaline is going to kick in. And if you have a low ankle sprain, the adrenaline can definitely, you know, kind of, that. you know, yeah. I, I've had a lot of bum ankles in, in my life, you know, playing <laughs> basketball and stuff like that. And like, if it's just a regular ankle sprain, you can get over it. You know, like, you'll be really sore and, you know, swollen like the next day, but like you can kind of get over a low ankle sprain uh, yeah. pretty easily. Uh, but the way that this game ended, you know, I, I don't understand. And obviously nobody understands what Jacoby Myers was thinking. Obviously after the game, he explained it just basically saying like, it was just a dumb move and whatever. Good for him. Like he owned up to it. But if you missed it, the game was about to go into overtime. Yeah. They give it to Ramondre with no time left. Okay. Um, he gets a big gain to about the 30 yard line. So he laterals it to Jacoby Myers. Like he should have went down. Yeah. But he laterals it to Jacoby Myers who inexplicably explicably, threw it all the way back to Matt Jones. But it was a terrible backwards throw, which went right into the hands of who else? Former Patriot Chandler Jones, who's been talking shit about the Patriots. Uh, he <laughs> catches it. He stiff arms the shit out of Matt Jones and runs it in for a game-winning touchdown. And what's even Just... funnier is that Joe, fantasy football analyst on Instagram, that's his handle, he lost the game. He lost his fantasy matchup on that play. And, you know, why have, why have me talk about it anymore? Uh, Joe, Joe is going to join us on the podcast right now. Oh, Joe? Man. Joe? Man. You know what? And it's funny. You said it wasn't a great good pass. It was actually a beautiful pass, by the way. Perfect spiral. It must have been 20, 30 yards back. <laughs> it was just to the wrong person. I don't know what the hell he was thinking in that play. Uh, I think he lost four points on that play. So if he just lost the two for the fumble, which I don't know if we're still calling that a fumble, even though he, whatever. Um, but he also got negative 20 rushing yards. Like right. before he even did that throw, he literally ran backwards 20 yards and then made it. Like he literally knew I only needed to lose four points to lose that week. And somehow <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen like a, like, okay, as long as he doesn't lose four points, which is not possible. It's not going to happen. I've never seen someone lose that many points in one play for fantasy. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you've ever seen anything worse. No, than that. I, I, yeah, I a think, negative four point play. That's negative pretty bad. Four is, negative four on one play is really bad. I mean, <laughs> there is no other play. Like, how is that even possible? Like, this is the worst Only, thing that could have yeah. happened, and it happened in the last play of the game. Only a team defense would lose points like that. <laughs> he just that's did right. it himself, one player. That, that's pretty bad. Absolutely brutal. But How are you feeling this morning, Joe? Like, I, like, uh, oh, really? You're not dra- you traded for Jacoby, didn't you? I league? think I did, but I drafted him in other <laughs> leagues, and he, I won't make that mistake again. That's for sure. Well, listen, listen, guys. If you're wondering why Joe played Jacoby, he is a Patriots fan. 
So I'm sure that had to <laughs> had a little bit to play in it as well. Uh, I mean, I think it has more to do with Devontae Parker being out, you know, the Raiders secondary being what it is, a game yeah, where Max yeah. starting to look more down the field. And Jacoby had six targets. He was trying to hit him downfield all game. It just didn't happen until late. And then we saw what happened after. It doesn't help. Well, Joe, it doesn't help when Mac Jones only completes 13 and 31 passes. <laughs> doesn't he could have given you a little bit more of a cushion there. No cushion. Listen, Joe, uh, we're feeling for you, and we're all in this league together, you know, Zach. Yeah. You know, I need Christian Watson tonight to have a decent game, so I'm looking to move on. Uh, but, you know, now let me ask you a question. If that 20 rushing yard, that lost 20 rushing yards didn't happen, would you be up right now? Yep. Yeah, I oh think I'm down God. one and a half points. Is so. it possible oh a stat correction maybe? Like, how did that 20 yards come off? Like, I don't think he ran back deliberately 20 yards, did he? You know what's funny is I literally watch that exact play like eight times to try to calculate when he <laughs> catches the ball to like when he throws it back. And I swear to God, it is not 20 yards. But the, the crappy part is that like it's still like 10 or 15. So even so, I would still lose. Um, right. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've watched that play so many times. I don't know how they came up with 20 yards. I, I like combed through the whole game to see if there was like, okay, maybe he like ran back in this play. Maybe he had like a. So you watched you watched the, watch the game pass film on this just to make sure. <laughs> Dude, I had the NFL 22. Plus. I have NFL Plus. I had to use it, like, right? Like, oh, I had man. to use it at some point. But I went back and like I scrubbed through the game. I'm like, all right, they're on offense. No, he didn't run it back. Like, and oh, you know, on the God. official Joe. NFL app, it doesn't say negative twenty. It doesn't say negative twenty. Rookies. I think that's a stat correction candidate. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if that changed. I wouldn't it's, be surprised. Uh, it's a candidate. Or uh, it's a candidate. For us, it is as a man. commissioner. If, if, oh, go ahead. Uh huh. As commissioner, maybe that's a stat correction that you might want to make. You know, Joe, I have to review the film. <laughs> as a commissioner, I ain't doing shit. Okay, <laughs> just letting you know right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's on you, dude. It's, it's all you. Listen, if a, if an official stat correction comes in, oh, I'll be happy for you. And then we're gonna have you again on the podcast on Thursday. That's what's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Joe, listen, man, thanks for joining, man. Uh, you know, I'm I'm listen. I'm hoping for you. Like uh, the other the other guy who who won this matchup against you. You know, he's a good dude as well. He also deserves uh, to move on. He does have a better team than you. So, like at the end of the day, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, but Joe, thank you, man. Like uh, a lot of you guys know who Joe is. Uh, if you don't, fantasy football, fantasy analyst over on Instagram. Make sure you give him a follow because uh, he puts out great fantasy content there. So I appreciate you, Joe. Uh, don't feel so bad, man. Try to distract yourself today a little bit. Yeah, I got, you know, 11 leagues, so not the end of the world. Right? <laughs> there you go. There you Just go. All right. the only league that matters, and you know that. Yeah, it's true. That's that is what name. it's called. That is what it's called. All right, Joe, appreciate you, man. Right. See you guys. See you, man. Oh, man, that's brutal, dude. That's brutal. Yeah, that's um, now, something that's not brutal is if you started Jarek McKinnon, okay? Yeah. Another monster game from him. He caught all eight of his targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. Went 10 for 52 in the touchdown on the ground as well. This was not the Isaiah Pacheco show on the ground. McKinnon, McKinnon ended up with 18 touches. Okay. And if he's going to be that involved in the receiving game, two games in a row, yeah. Um, you know, you can't ignore that moving forward. And, you know, hopefully you were desperate enough to start McKinnon this week. Like, you know, if you didn't start him, which was most people, you couldn't have seen this coming, right? Like last week, you know, could have easily been a blip on the radar. Right. Yeah. There was no trends that were coming up or anything like that. Like la the fact that he also had 40% of the running back rushing share 
and you know the Pacheco fumble you know didn't help. Uh, but that on top of his sixty five percent route participation, like on the Chiefs, a monster offense. Like this week, he also had all four line goal. All this week, he also had all four goal line snaps. Uh, yeah, and he had two overall RB one finishes in a row. Uh, and he has Seattle next week, so he's That's, a must start. Yeah, next week, absolutely. Have the Chiefs like unlocked him? He's like operating. I mean, I know Juju Smith-Schuster had ten targets; he caught all ten, but he's like operating as the Chiefs wide receiver one right now, and yeah. the RB one A. You know, and with right. Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you know the way that this offense operates, like. I'm cool with that. I'm all for it. This is so much better than, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire taking touches or anything. Isaiah Pacheco still got 15 carries. He got his token like 80-some yards on the ground. You know, he didn't completely leave people out to drive, but all of the receiving work is going to Jerick McKinnon at this point, and he's just taking advantage of that in a big way. Like, two 30-point performances is just ridiculous. I would see – I could understand starting him this this week against the Texans. Because you look back, you're like, if you're in a pinch, you're like, okay, here's a guy coming off a 30-point performance. Maybe he yes. can build on that. Before that, there was no reason to start him. So I would be surprised if he started him the week before that. But now you have to start him at this point. He's on a hot streak. He's operating in this offense as like one of the primary weapons. Um, Juice Schuster obviously got some targets, like I said. And Travis Kelsey did his thing, too. He didn't have any touchdowns, though. Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs offense, did anybody see this coming? I don't. I don't well, think so. This is literally what he was doing at this time last year. Like this yeah. time last year, McKinnon came in and started being the primary back uh, with Ceh banged up, um, and now like he's he's getting it again. They're depending on him, and he's making plays. So yeah, now that he I, eighteen opportunities, you know you cannot you in the, in the Chiefs' offense that involved sixty five percent of the sixty five percent route participation with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta put him in your lineup. But okay. two straight games, too, after he didn't do it all season with seven-plus catches, eight-plus targets. And I was just like, that's crazy. <laughs> out of the running back position. And he has a high yards per catch coming out of the backfield. <laughs> so that's pretty good. He's yeah, because this Chiefs offense, you know, is so dangerous that, like, you know, it's hard to key in on all these guys. And then when you right. toss it down to somebody who's very capable in the pass game, like McKinnon is, good things are going to happen. So... If you, if you picked him up, man, like I think he's still available in a lot of waiver wires. So he's going to be the number one waiver wire ad this week. You know, if you know he's less than fifty percent on, I think he's right there. Um, he's at so, fifty three on sleeper. It says right now. There you go. So that's going to go, go up so he, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I would say so. I would say yeah. so. Uh, the Cardinals' offense is a complete mess right now. The complete yep. opposite. And you know, we might not even see Colt McCoy next week after the concussion that he suffered. It, it might be Trace McSorley next week against Tampa, which is not ideal for DeAndre Hopkins or Hollywood Brown. Uh, at least James Conner you know, is continuing to find a way to get it done. But yep. outside of him, it's going to be really, really trust, tough to trust his offense next week. No, you can't. I wouldn't trust any of the pass catchers. Maybe you could get away with starting DeAndre Hopkins because we just know yeah. the type of receiver he is. Um, I'm not too excited to start Marquise Brown with Trace McSorley at quarterback. I'm not yeah. excited to start any pass catchers, like I said, beyond DeAndre Hopkins. But James Conner, I think you're okay leaning on him. Because he's really the only thing they're going to, you know, be able to work with on offense. He operates independently of whoever the quarterback is. He's just getting the ball handed off to him. And these backup quarterbacks like to check it down to him. He had five targets. You know, I think he's good enough to start. I still trust him as an RB2. And a solid one at that, you know, even yeah. with a backup at quarterback. So I, I like James Conner. Outside of that, Wasteland. I'm not too worried about 
you know, I'm not really considering any of these guys. <laughs> Both Trace McSorley and Court McCoy, they combined for like four fantasy points the whole game. Just And it was against the Broncos defense. So I right. guess you could kind of say, okay, it was a tough matchup, but I wouldn't be expecting much more out of these guys. I agree. Samaji Pirine showing up a little bit too much in the ground game. Seven carries yeah. for Pirine to Mixon's 11. Not good. That's not what you want to see, especially two games after Mixon, you know, came back from that concussion. Um, Mixon, you know, he made it up a little bit. Like, he had five catches, but only 48% of snaps. That's not good at all. That's two games now in a row with Mixon under 50% of snaps. Yeah. You got to down him right now. Yeah, gone are the days of that 55-point performance, you know, five touchdowns. <laughs> like, that's way in the rear view at this point, it feels like, because and he didn't have that many snaps in that game. But he has gotten reduced to a point where, you know, he's not really an upside play at this point. He's looking like Najee Harris these past few weeks in terms of his production. I think that we might be in for more of the same, the way this offense operates too, you know, being a pass-first offense. We saw the first, you know, complete wide receiver core performance out of this out of the receivers in Cincinnati Jamar Chase D Higgins Tyler Boyd all had a touchdown um the points are going to be with the receivers and Joe Burrow um it looks like moving forward I'm not really trusting Joe Mixon to have that upside anymore the game script has to be heavily in his favor for you know him to be involved and they were down big early in this game which could you could kind of say that's why Joe Mixon didn't get as many touches but um I'm not excited regardless moving forward about Joe Mixon, especially with Samaj P. Ryan. seems like he might have earned his way a little bit more into that backfield inexplicably yeah. because we know Joe Mixon. Even though Samaj P. Ryan is good, Joe Mixon is better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the performance, it seems like the answer was that the performances that Samaj P. Ryan has had in Mixon's absence allowed him to get more work when Mixon yeah. ca- came back. That's literally, you know, that's what happened, unfortunately. Um, Leonard Fournette was the one to lead the Bucks backfield this week. 14 opportunities to White's 13, uh, but he was on the field for 54% of snaps, and White was only on the field for 33%. And, you know, Fournette also saw five of their seven goal line snaps, and he was their two-minute back as well. So I would say Fournette is a low-end RB2 moving forward, uh, and and White is more of an upside flex play in PPR leagues. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'm not overly excited for these guys, either of these guys. It looks like their ceiling might be... 13 points <laughs> you know it's not going to be anything yeah. high i don't Unless know it ends up scoring a touchdown you yeah know, otherwise you know at least he has that goal line role like kind of locked down at this point yeah he does have that goal line role locked down but he's uh four weeks removed now three weeks removed from a touchdown on the ground and the offense even though they got things going you know tom brady had the passing offense moving it didn't hardly feature the running backs at all um they were throwing it pretty much the whole day i'm not a big fan of either of these guys do you think Leonard Fournette's a safer option now? Has Rashad White kind of fallen yeah. back again? Yeah, I think that's the case. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, Saquon was looking really good against Washington yesterday. Like spin moves, breaking yeah. defenders' ankles. Did you see that that play where he just like made this move on the sideline and then made that linebacker just like fall, like fold, like his knees just <laughs> collapse and fell? Yeah. Like, dude, like, are you kidding me? Like, what a play! Like that was like that was like vintage Saquon right there. But he was in his bag in this game. 23 touches for 120 yards. He gets Minnesota and Indy the next two weeks. And that's two teams who have been given up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. So if you have Saquon right now moving moving forward in the playoffs, you're looking pretty good, especially given the fact that, you know, he was kind of, you know, doing a couple tricks yesterday yeah. yesterday's game. That kind of means that he he's feeling all right. You know, he had a little bit of a slump a couple of weeks ago uh, where he wasn't looking like himself. But I think moving forward, 
uh, I think you're in a good place with Saquon at this point. It's crazy, man. It's such a week to week league. There was a couple yeah. weeks ago we're like, man, like what's up? What's up with Saquon? And then now, <laughs> you know, he's back to being, you know, that solid RB one for you. Yeah, I mean, part of the slump that he was in had to do with that stinger that he had. He left the one game and he didn't have a full workload the next game after that. So he had like that little bit of a slump in between um, that you contribute to. I wasn't sure if he was going to have another good game, but it looks like, like you said, the style points are worth something when you're looking at and evaluating how a player's feeling and playing. Uh, that's what it looked like last night. Saquon Barkley got it done for you. Um, he was really all of the offense for the Giants. I mean, the defense had the touchdown, but Saquon Barkley was the main, you know, course for this offense. Daniel Jones was pretty, pretty boring last night if you watch the game. So I, I think Saquon Barkley, like you said, good matchup next week. He should be back in the top. Do you think it'll be top seven, top six? Something yeah. like that. He'll probably be somewhere around there. I know we had him ranked outside the top ten just a couple of weeks ago. So it speaks to where he's come from, definitely. And Saquon Barkley um, looks like if you manage to get in with him into the playoffs, you should be fine uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, let's see. Was that Jahan Donson, by the way, scoring in this game? Four for one of five and a touchdown? Uh, he came through as someone who I thought was a bit of a sleeper for this week. Zach was not about it at all, uh, no. just for the record. Uh, <laughs> he, he did tie, tie McLaurin for a lead in targets in this one. But looking forward to next week, we got San Francisco. Probably not looking forward to playing him in that game, just because – not that I don't think he can come through, but I just don't know if I trust, you know, their quarterback to come through in this game. But like, you know, you think about it, it's like the <laughs> this guy literally comes through, you know, in the tough matchups. Like he, he made his name, you know, against you know tough tough opponents, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I don't I I like Jahan Dawson. I think he's talented. I like what he did in this game. I thought he could do well, but uh, against San Francisco next week, that might be a little bit of a tall task for him. Yeah, and it's funny because you think about Jahan Dotson, and obviously he was a first-round pick where Terry McLaurin was not, but both of these guys seem like unheralded receivers. Nobody really gives them their due, and obviously Jahan Dotson missed some time, but it seems like they both have really talented guys that just production hasn't been like the guys like A.J. Brown or anything like that. That's that's just interesting to me, one thing. But um, Jahan Dotson, yeah, I wasn't big on him going in this game. I thought it was going to be a little bit quieter of a game. I didn't, wasn't expecting a touchdown or 100 yards, but uh, that's what he did. He did only catch four passes, so I'm not sure how sustainable that's going to be, but I definitely agree with you with him playing San Francisco next week. Um, you don't really want to start him. I think that Washington's going to be overmatched next week. Uh, they needed this game you know, for the playoffs, and now they're going to face San Francisco. They could be in trouble if they lose that game uh, moving forward. Yeah. Now, one thing to note is that you know San Francisco has been a little bit vulnerable to the right side, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, when we get into the matchups this week. So yep. I'm still picking up Jahan Dotson. If, if he's available in your waiver wire. He was one of our top waiver wire ads this past week. Uh, but going into next week, I think he's still going to be there because, like we mentioned with Tyler Lockett going into th this week with San Francisco, that you know the slot and the right side uh, of San Francisco, well, of the offense facing San Francisco, has been a little bit vulnerable. And Jahan Dotson is running most of his routes on that right side. So he's, not, he's still not a terrible pickup, and he's not a terrible play, I would say, uh, because the matchup isn't as bad as it might look on paper. Um, right, you know, so, so kind of you know doubling down, doubling back on that take a little bit. I, I, I might not want to start up against San Francisco, but I do think that he is playable. Uh, I should say. Would you um, rather start him over yeah. like McLaurin? <laughs> oh hell no, hell no. Yeah, of course you start so, McLaurin. Yeah, too. like like McLaurin does have a tougher matchup, like uh, like against uh, Charvarius Ward, like obviously. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jahan Dodson ends up outscoring McLaurin because of that, right? Or having a better game than McLaurin. But right. a- am I going to start him over McLaurin? Nah, can't do yeah. that. I can't do that. Fair. You know, um, and that's it, guys. That's all we got for today's episode. Um, we appreciate you guys. Listen, we we hope you guys got the W. You know, hope you guys can get the W tonight in, in, on Monday Night Football. Whatever you need, hope it happens. You know, we gotta listen. Everybody collectively, please root for Christian Watson tonight. Okay, that's what yeah. I need. Um, but uh, but yeah, like you know, we hope you guys make it through so that we can uh, continue to talk tomorrow about waivers and have it actually matter to you. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> get that W. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Bye bye.